This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Monday. Hope everybody had a great freaking weekend. I went and had pad thai and sushi with sparkles after the show on Friday. We come back. We watch something. Rick and Morty, I think it was. Like, she has no access to the Rick and Morty, so I think I showed her the past two episodes she had missed. She goes home. I'm playing video games. Apparently, the cops came and banged on her door at, like, midnight. She gets freaked the fuck out, and she hides in her closet. So she's messaging everybody. Like, she's seeing some dude. She messages him. This is the one that she was talking about on the show. Messages him. He says he's going to be over. He doesn't come over. He just ghosts her. She messages me right after it happens, but I'm playing video games. So it's two hours later when I see your text message. And we live in the same apartment complex. So, like, she's still freaking out two hours later. She has nothing on in her apartment. She's, like, in her closet. I'm like, okay, like, I'll walk to the mailbox. I'll make sure the coast is clear. And I'll let you know. Walk down there. No cops. Nobody around. I let her know. I'm like, hey, you want me to come in? She's like, yes. So I come in. She's still nervous as fuck. She smokes a bowl with me. It's like 3, 3.30 in the morning by this time. She wants me to, she wants me to go out the other side because like she, uh, her apartment, there's an entrance on each side. So I come in the one side. She wants me to go out the other side to sweep that area and make sure there's no cops over there. Did I enjoy CPAC? Huh. We're going to talk about it. We're, gonna, we're not going to hit the highlights everybody else has hit. I, I, I would assume. I'm, we're not going to play any of Don Jr. I've, I've been battered by storms the last couple of days. I actually, I was going to carry the Don Jr. speech, but I was actually off on the time. When I, when I saw what time it was, the time was given to me in Eastern time. So I was off by an hour and I missed Don Jr.'s speech. Had every intention of carrying... Trump speech on Sunday, but just like the weather was trying to kill me. Weather was trying to kill me today. The weather is still trying to kill me. So power might go out. If the power goes out, that's what's happened. The power has been out several times over the weekend. So that's what happened to me if I just disappear all of a sudden. But if that doesn't happen, here's what we're going to talk about on the show tonight. Viva la revolution in Cuba? Apparently the right-wingers think so. We're going to delve into that situation. God bless abortions. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you will soon. Plus, Caitlyn Jenner was harassed at CPAC. We're also going to get into the straw poll they took at CPAC. That might be illuminating. Plus, a woman was duct taped to her seat on a flight. I don't think it's, I don't think that's a good thing. I don't think this was an anti-masker that got what was coming to them. I think this was a woman having a mental health episode and this was negligence on the part of the 
airline. I don't know. We'll get to the bottom of the story together. Uh, I, I'm not exactly sure what Gates said. That he wants internet for all. Admittedly, though, just a Asian Republic's getting more brain. It like anything right wingers say. They're talking out of both sides of their asses. Like, we're going to get into it with Cuba as we cover this story. Notice how right-wingers talk about Cuban protests versus the way they talk about U.S. protests. They don't even know what the situation is in Cuba, but they have been heralding it as the people revolting against socialism. Now, in order to get a good picture of what's going on, I felt we needed to go to Al Jazeera and not a U.S. news agency. Cubans protest against food shortage, uh, shortages and rising prices. Now, I'm sure my chat is educated enough to know that's probably the U.S.'s fault. Thousands of Cubans marched on Havana's uh, Malacan Promenade and elsewhere, uh, elsewhere on the island to protest against food shortages and high prices amid the coronavirus crisis in one of Cuba's biggest ever anti-government demonstrations. Many young people took part in the protest on Sunday in the capital, which disrupted traffic until police moved in after several hours and broke up the march when a few protesters threw rocks. Police initially trailed behind as protesters chanted freedom enough and unite. Cuba is going through its worst economic crisis in decades, along with a resurgence of coronavirus cases, as it suffers the consequences of U.S. sanctions imposed by the Trump administration. Remember, we had taken a step towards normalizing relations under the Obama administration. It was reversed by Trump. An official in the Biden administration tweeted support for Sunday's demonstrations. Cuba's director general for U.S. affairs uh, dismissed her remarks in his own tweet. U.S. State Department and its officials involved to their necks in promoting social and political instability in Cuba should avoid expressing hypocritical concern for a situation they have been betting on. Cuba is and will continue to be a peaceful country, contrary to the U.S. Demonstration grew to a few thousand in the vicinity of Galliano Avenue, and the marches pressed on despite a few charges by police officers and tear gas barrages. People standing on many balconies along the central artery in the Centro Habana, Habana, Centro Habana, neighborhood applauded the protesters passing by others joined in the march although many people tried to take out their cell phones and broadcast the protest live cuban authorities shut down internet service throughout the afternoon about two and a half hours into the march some protesters pulled up cobblestones and threw them at police at which point officers began arresting people and the marchers dispersed some of the pictures from the protests. I mean, you can't blame them 
when they saw a ray of hope from the U.S. embargo a few years ago, only to be reversed under the Trump administration. Right-wing outlets showed a picture of, like, one person holding a U.S. flag. And they jumped all over that as uh, proof that America represents freedom all over the world. Nationalistic bullshit. Meanwhile, an island to the east... Haiti requests U.S. troop. They say they need help. Haiti's interim government has asked the U.S. and U.N. to deploy troops to protect key infrastructure as it tries to stabilize the country and prepare for elections in the aftermath of the president's assassination. Indeed, the right wing has a distaste for reporters. The stunning request for U.S. military support recalled the tumult following Haiti's last presidential assassination in 1915 when an angry mob dragged President uh, Vilbron Welmo Sam out of the French embassy and beat him to death. In response, President Woodrow Wilson sent the Marines into Haiti, justifying the American military occupation, which lasted nearly two decades. I mean, I can understand Haiti wanting U.S. troops, but we've got our hands full elsewhere. This story out of Afghanistan, coming to us from Reuters. Afghan pilots assassinated by the Taliban as the U.S. withdraws. The Afghan Air Force Major had grown so fearful of Taliban assassinations of off-duty forces in Kabul that he decided to sell his home to move to a safer pocket of Afghanistan's sprawling capital. Instead of being greeted by a prospective buyer at his realtor's office earlier this year, the 41-year-old pilot was confronted by a gunman who walked inside and, without a word, fatally shot the real estate agent in the mouth. Wow. This is kind of an odd piece for Reuters, which is usually very straightforward journalism. So Zamare uh, reached for his sidearm, but the gunman shot him in the head. The father of seven collapsed dead on his 14-year-old son, who had tagged along. The boy was spared, but barely speaks anymore. At least seven Afghan pilots, including Zamare, have been assassinated off-base in recent months, according to two senior Afghan government officials. A series of targeted killings, which haven't been previously reported, illustrate what U.S. and Afghan officials believe is a deliberate Taliban effort to destroy one of Afghanistan's most valuable military assets, its core of U.S. and NATO-trained military pilots. In doing so, the Taliban, who have no air force, are looking to level the playing field as they press major ground offensives. Militants are quickly seizing territory once controlled by the U.S.-backed government of President Arshif Ghani, raising fears they could eventually try to topple Kabul. I mean, they've been talking like they run the fucking country. And that they're going to be doing the negotiating with Russia and China. 
I worry that this piece from Reuters seems an awful lot like uh, imperialistic propaganda. Currently, the Biden administration seems to not be wavering in its support of the withdrawal, so I'm happy about that. There's no winners in this situation. It's like there's no winners when it comes to climate change. Death Valley temperature hit 130 degrees close to a world record. Oh, this isn't this isn't any kind of reporting. On Friday, Death Valley National Park in California recorded a staggering high temperature of 130 degrees Fahrenheit. If verified, it would be among the hottest temperatures ever measured on the planet. And we talked about that area in Pakistan also reaching like what was it 129, 127? The National Weather Prediction Center tweeted about the heat, saying it's the highest temperature reading of 2021. A temperature of 130 degrees Fahrenheit was also recorded on August 16th, 2020 in the park. The two other readings of 130 degrees are the highest known temperatures recorded on Earth in 90 years. July 1913, the same Furnace Creek Desert area in the National Park hit 134 degrees Fahrenheit. That reading is considered the highest reliably measured temperature on Earth. Sweltering temperatures in Death Valley Friday come as the National Weather Service has issued an excessive heat warning for several areas in California and Nevada. Through tonight, Death Valley officials said to expect high temperatures of 110 to 120 degrees in the park over the next couple of days. Holy shit. Good luck with that climate change out there. I... Yeah, I think we've I think we've reached uh those tipping points where there's no return now. I don't No matter what we do, we're not going to be able to mitigate what has already been done. I I heard somebody else say it, and it's like, what we have to depend on now is technology that doesn't exist. We have to pull carbon out of the sky, and the technology doesn't exist yet. And it's scary. I ain't got no kids. I'm living it up while I can right now. Don't get me wrong. I am for policy that could do something to reverse this. But I mean, it's almost like we're fighting a losing battle. We, we, our generation, the millennials and younger, we, we don't have the fucking power, resources, wealth to be able to sway public policy. It is not a matter of individual actions. It is changing fundamentally the system that we live in because it's like seven fucking corporations doing all the polluting. Yeah, 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 I... Well, like, I did the story the other day where, um... They're now predicting that civilization could collapse by 2050. Ah, that would make me 60, 66, 67, 76. Fuck, I can't do math. That would make me 66. 76, I was way off with that. 
Wow. But I mean, hey, not like there's not a whole bunch of other things that could kill us before we ever get to 2020 or 2050. Our infrastructure in the country is fucking collapsing. Remember that condo that collapsed in Miami? Well, the courthouse has had to be closed down. Temporarily evacuated after a building inspection. Miami-Dade County's Trouble Civil Courthouse was closed Friday after concerns surfaced from a structural and safety inspection commissioned in the wake of the Surfside condominium collapse. And climate change is just going to exacerbate the issues we already have with infrastructure. Dump up baby boomers didn't want to invest into our country. They just wanted to hoard wealth. That's not the only thing trying to kill us. We've still got a pandemic raging on. This health official from uh, Missouri says that COVID is rising at an unbelievable pace. Missouri, how close are you to crisis mode, as the governor described it? Thank you, Boris. Appreciate the time this morning. Uh, No, fucking Biden's position on fracking. Oh, my God. He has flip-flopped on that so many times. Supposedly, he's publicly against fracking at this moment. And I I almost want to say that his position on it is to be ambiguous. So it confuses us that we don't know if he's fucking for it or against it. Meanwhile, his neoliberal ass just lets it continue. You know, we started off today with 133 COVID positive patients in our hospital. Um, 149 when you look at our our rural hospitals that surround the the area. Um, I would say locally... Go back to the host that was doing the people's eyebrow. Missouri, we're absolutely stretched. um, uh, Further than we were stretched last year. And I would say it's a managed crisis at this point for sure. We're we're seeing things that uh, we didn't see last year. That's another thing. I went out for sushi and pad thai. I am not going out ever again. No more. No. None of that. Too many people in my fucking face. I had a mask on. Nobody the fuck else did. Our waitress had a mask on, but she fucking pulled it down and leaned right into Sparkle's fucking face to talk to her. Not doing it anymore. Uh-uh. You're at, at a, a pace that is almost unbelievable um, when you look at how quickly this accelerated. And your hospital specifically had to ask for help last weekend uh, because of high demand. You had to not high enough for this shit for ventilators. Uh, Governor Parson called it a, a management problem, saying that the state does not have a ventilator shortage. Help us understand what happened and if you need more assistance right now. Sure. I, you know, and I'm sure the governor was responding based on the information that he, that he was given. But basically what happened uh, last weekend is we had an acceleration in the use of ventilators uh, faster than uh, some of our more seasoned 
healthcare professionals had ever seen. We went from the 30s to almost 50 in about 48 to 72 hours. Now, our plan um, allows us to reach out to our other Mercy hospitals and pull equipment in. And so what we saw was that that escalation happened so quickly uh, that we had to activate that plan a lot faster than last year. And just to put that in perspective, uh, from June 1st, um, we had 26 patients in-house. We hit 128 yesterday, and as I said, 133 uh, today. So in 39 days, we, we made that that exception. I don't like where this is heading, especially because all the shit is going to expire come September. All the, all the all the stuff that was in the bill that the House passed after Biden got elected. I'm sorry, I like I I want to be wrong so fucking bad, but I like. I'm just, I'm giving you the fucking straight facts. And the eviction moratorium is, expires, like, I think it's the end of this month. We're, we're going to see a lot of people's bills come due for rent right about the time that we're going to see a huge spike in COVID cases. In all these states where, like, in my state, the governor's like, we are open for business. There will not be another shutdown. I, I, I can't. I, I hope I'm wrong. Took us um, from September 1st to our peak on December 28th to go from 24 to 113. So 150 days. We eclipsed that this year in 39 days. And so, hear whatever you want, man. Go ahead and throw it in the uh, Discord. You know, I've said we, we were never at a point where we were in jeopardy of not having the equipment we needed for patients, uh, but we had to rally our resources much faster than we thought we would last year. And uh, and we used up all of our bedside ventilators, but had some more on hand should we have needed them. Um, and so we were we were fine from an equipment standpoint, but uh, uh, we were definitely tested. I always, you know, refer back to what Mike Tyson said. Everyone has a plan to get punched in the face. And we got punched in the face, but really proud of how our team took that punch and uh, recovered and adjusted our plan and we moved forward and we're still caring for the community. I still want Mike Tyson to punch Logan Paul in the face. A straight line between the... It's Logan Paul that does the boxing, right? Vaccinated in I get them confused. They're like the Weinstein brothers. And the low rates of vaccinated people in Missouri. Oh my God. That you're facing now? I, it, it's it's impossible not to, Boris. If you ask me, you look at um, what's happening around the country in areas where there are uh, very low uh, case numbers, very high. And I'm sure there's a lot of fucking universities, religious universities, and private universities that aren't going to require vaccination. They're going to be in these pockets of unvaccinated people. Rate still sitting around 38 percent. You know, a couple of big hospitals here in Springfield that serve a very large rural community. And some of the counties that we serve are still in the team. Even California is skyrocketing. Oh, my God. The age of patients we're seeing, it's a much younger demographic than we saw last year. And we know that, you know, when we look at the, the acceptance rate of vaccines, younger folks are less likely to take the vaccine. And so what we're seeing are more younger patients, sicker patients. Um, 91% of our ICU patients today are on ventilators. And that's shocking to us. Uh, to have that kind of number um, last year during the peak, it was around. And they all have one thing in common. They, like they've not been vaccinated. And these are young patients. A vaccination is like a magic bullet for getting severely sick. You can still get sick. That has been proven. And that's one of the reasons why we, we need to back off on going out and having fun. Sending government employees or agents door to door to compel vaccination would not be an effective or welcome strategy in Missouri. That's not actually what the White House is doing. They're not compelling people to get vaccinated. They're trying to 
educate people, uh, explaining that. Yes, we're going to talk about the Lambda variant. It helps protect people. Yeah, I think um, our message here locally with our health system and across our ministry throughout the Midwest has been um, educate people around the vaccine. That is absolutely what we're focused on. I know there's a lot. And and I, I saw a right winger want to give Trump credit. Literally said, if the Democrats really want people to get vaccinated, they need to give Trump credit for the vaccination. My God, no, the motherfucker doesn't get to get, get credit for it. He didn't publicly get his vaccination. That could have got us over the rate for herd immunity. That could have lifted our vaccination rate another 10%. If Trump had gotten vaccinated in public, on camera, and made a big deal about how all his followers should get vaccinated. No, he doesn't get credit. He got his vaccination in January without anyone knowing, without any fanfare. It's bullshit. Now, this is a story I saw. Hopefully, uh, it's a more sensational headline than what it sounds. This is a Fox affiliate here. COVID causes brain changes. New report says COVID-19 causes significant molecular changes in the human brain, but leaves no uh, molecular trace of itself in brain tissue. Just call it Trump juice. Researchers at Stanford University conducted the research, which has been described as the most comprehensive molecular study to date on brain tissue taken from people who died of the coronavirus. Scientists say COVID-19 can cause strong inflammation of the brain and disruption of brain circuits. It can also cause brain fog, memory problems, and fatigue. That is something people uh, that have had it have told me they have suffered with for weeks. Just being a, a complete fog. Like they dropped acid and they're recuperating the next day. They're in a fog for weeks like that. The growing number of people report having these symptoms long after they seem to have recovered from COVID. And all the right-wingers are like, well, we wouldn't get vaccinated it has a 99% recovery rate. And now the scary story, the Lambda variant. Compared to all the attention that the Alpha and then Delta variants have been getting... There's been relative silence about the Lambda until now. The Lambda variant of the COVID-19 coronavirus is not to be confused with the uh, Labada, <laughs> which is the Forbidden Dance. This is a Forbes piece, by the way. But the variant has been progressively dancing its way around the globe. It's already become the dominant strain in Peru. I almost called it a lobotomy. <laughs> which has had the highest COVID-19 case fatality rate and death per capita in the world. It has also spread to at least 29 countries in five different World Health Organization regions. So the question is, will this version of the severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus 2 lambda the world into even more trouble? It's hard to say right now. Much to learn about the Lambda variant there is, as Yoda would say. 
God damn, I hate pieces that are written like this. Currently, the Lambda variant is like your dad wearing a God. Is like your dad wearing a one-legged cat suit that's way too tight for the first time. Once again, this horrible story is coming to us from Forbes. You can see some disturbing signs, but you can't quite see or figure out everything that's going on yet. The Lambda variant has been around for a while. It was first detected in Peru back in August. I I do not read or watch most of the shit that we cover here on this show. Let that be known. If I'd known this story was like this, I would not have read it. Lambda variant has been around for a while. It was first detected in Peru back in August of 2020 and has steadily grown in presence there. Eventually, the Lambda variant became the alpha or the top dog of COVID-19 coronavirus strains in Peru. Since April of 2021, sequencing of COVID-19 coronavirus cases in the country has found the Lambda variant in over 80% of the samples. CNBC is, it's, it's full of ads. And like if there's a video on CNBC, it, already, it always has an ad at the beginning. Yeah, Forbes sucks ass. COVID-19 pandemic has hit Peru particularly hard too. Weren't we talking about Peru? Yeah, 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 yeah. This shit ass fucking article. We're going to move on. To Axios, which is way better when it comes to reporting. The share of unvaccinated Americans by household income show that most of the unvaccinated are poor. Oh, look, it's smoky. Come on, buddy. More than half of unvaccinated Americans live in households that make less than 50 grand a year, according to the latest Census Bureau data. He loves showing off his asshole. Making it easier for the working poor to get the COVID-19 vaccine without dinging their already low incomes could help boost the country's vaccination rates. Well, I thought that's what they were doing when they offered free rides from Uber and Lyft. And the vaccination itself is free. Vaccination has been politicized, but juggling work schedules and childcare could be bigger factors than politics. Vaccine access is indeed... I, I understand what they're talking about, being able to, you know, find the time off if you have children. You know, it's one thing for me to be able... I don't have a car. But I was able to just Uber down uh, and and get a vaccine. Because I, I got the time. A lot of low-income workers are working hard to provide food and housing. That may mean it's hard for them to find a time to get vaccinated. That's according to a health policy professor at Boston University. Workers also may worry about having to take unpaid time off if they come down with any vaccine side effects. That is one thing I will encourage. I was down and out for a day. Most people that I I know that took the vaccine were down and out for a day at least. 
So if you if you have not been vaccinated yet, you might want to plan that around your schedule. Whether more employees or whether more employers mandate vaccination or provide rewards to workers who get a shot, something to watch out for. However, rewards may not move the needle a lot if companies don't make it easy to get the vaccine or offer full pay for any time off. Many low-income workers still want to get vaccinated. It's just not always easy. Now, we touched on this last week. The idea of a booster shot has been floated. Uh, Scott Gottlieb, a former FDA commissioner who sits on Pfizer's board of directors, said on Sunday that the nation has probably missed a window for providing a booster shot to protect against the more infectious Delta variant. That was one of the um, caveats I brought up when we first touched on the story about a booster shot. Is it really necessary or perhaps is there a financial stake for some of these companies that are wanting to suck at the government teat to offer? I mean, it's quite possible we're going to need booster shots. It's quite possible that we're going to have to take a shot for this shit every year, just like the flu. But is this motherfucker uh, slimy enough to try to make money off of it? Yes. Israel have this data because they just decided to study it or because they started the process of uh, distributing the vaccines earlier and therefore they have people in their population who are further along than in the States? Both. I mean, Israel did vaccinate their elderly population early. We did as well. But they do a very good job of tracking people who've been vaccinated. So they're collecting this data very aggressively. So it's not a surprise that they might be first to spot these trends. We're a little bit behind here in the United States. The United Kingdom has already made a decision that they're going to provide boosters to those above. I'm not taking a shot. September and then walk it down the age continuum. Israel just announced today they're going to provide. I actually bought some shot glasses. I can I, I can take a shot. I'm not going to. to the I'll take a rip. To start the process here in the United States, and that's really what Pfizer, the company I'm on the board of, is trying to do. Somebody hit the rips. We're going to be submitting that information to the Food and Drug Administration, asking for authorization to provide a third booster should it be needed. Ultimately, that decision is going to be up to the FDA and then up to the CDC to make a general recommendation. But that's a multi-month process. So if we don't get started right now, we're not going to be in a position to have boosters available should we need it come the fall. I think, quite frankly, we've probably missed the window in terms of providing boosters for the Delta variant. The Delta variant is likely to play out really over the months of August and September and maybe into October. This wave of infection will have passed us. But you still want to consider boosters for people going forward, particularly vulnerable elderly, people in nursing homes, people who we know are more vulnerable to the infection. We want to maintain a sufficiently high level of neutralizing antibodies in their blood so that you... What are you, a right-winger? You will edit to favor your perspective? Some people will get in trouble with the virus. Oh, some people will get in trouble with the virus. There's actually been several breakouts. I didn't want to touch on all of them. One link to the Southern Baptist Convention... There was a nurse, uh, do check out tomorrow's freaking news. A nurse in Louisiana has died. She was an anti-vaccine conspiracy nut. 
Fuck yeah. That sounds awesome. All right, so earlier I praised Axios and their reporting. However, Axios seems uh, kind of anti-Bernie, don't they? Usually, they're pretty straightforward. You don't get the bias in their stories, but here, their headline, Reality Bites Bernie. It's so odd to me that they decided to let their partisanship show. And also, they're, I mean, they're painting Bernie's brilliant move as a bad move. We're going to talk about this here. Key negotiators expect the Senate Budget Committee to settle on a roughly $3.5 trillion reconciliation package as the starting point for a Democrat-only bill for soft infrastructure. You're familiar with the matter, tell Axios. That total is below the $6 trillion that Senator Bernie Sanders, the Vermont Independent, who leads the committee, had initially proposed. Adopting it would be a blow to his fellow progressives. Now, Bernie came out with the $6 trillion proposal when the Democrats were bouncing around a number of like $1.5 trillion. So Bernie actually came out and said six trillion in order to yank the number up from the one point five trillion. This is in addition to the bipartisan bill that's supposedly going to go forward. I don't think it will. I don't think they get the bipartisan bill through. I think the only thing they're going to get is the reconciliation bill. And if that's the case, they should go with Bernie's six trillion dollar proposal. Because you're not going to get the other, like, fucking 700 billion, a trillion, whatever the fuck it was with the Republicans. The emerging agreement will, however, cover all of the major Biden administration proposals on soft infrastructure, including the president's families, climate, and housing programs, according to a source familiar with the Senate budget resolution discussions. All negotiators are still finalizing details. The proposal is close to fully offset with new revenues, among other pay-fors. The roughly $3.5 trillion could get shaved down further once the full Senate, including centrists like Senators Joe Manchin, Kristen Sinema, John Tester, you know, the ones that are being bought and paid for by the oil industry, as we found out in the leaked audio from Greenpeace the other day package will need the support of every Democrat on the Senate floor to pass. Sanders is still pushing for a high number, telling the New York Times Marine Dowd in an interview published Sunday that $2 trillion to $3 trillion is much too low, and he is correct. Sanders will have to convince centrists on the committee, such as Senator Mark Warner, who hasn't revealed his top-line number, but probably suggested it's more in the 3 to $4 trillion range. But now, are we going to have a showdown over the filibuster if they can't get the bipartisan bill passed? That's the question. What's the Biden administration's position on the filibuster? Jin Psaki was asked about it earlier today. The president's called for a filibuster exemption on voting rights as a potential pathway forward for the Senate to pass uh, that legislation. Does the president agree 
Well, first, I would say that Congressman Clyburn is a good friend of the President and certainly of the administration, an important partner as we work to get our agenda moving forward. Is Larry Bird running for something, or are you just bullshitting? The filibuster is a legislative process tool, an important one that warrants debate, uh, but determination about making changes will be made by members of the Senate, not by this president or any president, uh, frankly, moving forward. Um, and it requires every single Democrat supporting changes. Now, I'm not here to provide a whip count for all of you, um, but uh, that's not where support currently stands. Uh, so the president's view continues to be aligned with what... You're probably going to get Matthew McConaughey. Does that not excite you? McConaughey running against Greg Abbott in Texas. I understand you're asking me about an exemption. Uh, we don't have any new position on that either. I would note that there are a lot of issues out there, and I think activists and advocates will tell you this, uh, where you could argue that there should be an exemption. Uh, and this is certainly one of them. Uh, but that is what a lot of advocates, uh, there are advocates for a range of issues, whether it's gun rights, climate, uh, who are out there advocating uh, for this. Uh, so um, he's talked about his support for returning to the talking filibuster. He continues to support that. Uh, but he, again, believes that it's something was in the Senate for 36 years. We need to continue to work to find a path forward to do hard things, even when they seem challenging. And that's what he will do in this case. It's, it's not challenging. We like. Is there a plan B? Is there like, is he rallying? I mean, as he is tomorrow, public support to hopefully change the complexion of the Senate and then try and pass the legislation. It just seems like there's no. We've got to fight people in our own party, in our own coalition. If he's not going to change. Standing in the way. Republicans just vote in lockstep for everything. Court ruling just a few weeks ago. Uh, His view is that, and he'll talk about this tomorrow, is that that sends the focus back. Uh, to Congress, uh, and uh, we don't accept the notion. You know, he is an optimist by nature; otherwise, he wouldn't be sitting in the Oval Office right now. That it's dead. We don't accept that. We believe there needs to be a path forward. He's going to ask the Vice President to help play a, uh, an important role in determining what that looks like. Oh yeah, the Vice President. I haven't got the chance to do the story, but like apparently, her office is in disarray. Elevate the need for the American people to be engaged in that effort moving forward. Go ahead. Other people say that. Has been okay. blown out of proportion. Thank you, Jen. Oh, oh, well, oh, I was going to go to you if that's okay, only because she hasn't been here in a while. Go ahead. Okay, thanks. Uh, just to follow up on Matt. Sure. Clymer uh, was saying that he would like Biden to endorse the carve out either publicly or privately, like get on the phone with Manchin, just call him, say that you'd like to do this. To bring up LBJ again is a. If, if I had to guess what you're talking about, Creed, is you're wanting to make like. To you're wanting to make it harder for stupid people to vote talk about the authoritarian danger. You want him to have to take some kind of a test or something, right? The president sees his role as somebody who can speak from the bully pulpit to elevate and advocate for the need to move forward on voting rights legislation, of course, but also to use every lever in the federal government to protect uh, the rights of the American people to uh, to vote around. I've got a lever that Joe Biden can use. Legislation. There are other levers that are at his disposal that we've already started to implement and rely on. And I would just go back to. Oh, also, I had to correct myself. We read the story. It was with Sparkles, though, and you know we got completely off topic. Get that Nazi shit out of here. Um, When we did the story about Hunter Biden's art, I didn't know that 
Hunter Biden was selling art that he was painting. That would have made a difference in how I interpreted that story. I thought he was just selling art pieces that he owned. And, you know, he had some famous artworks that he was dealing in or some shit. No, no, no. This motherfucker has decided to start painting artwork and selling it. What a doofus. Holy shit. I want to, I would have laughed at it more. Because I was laughing about the way the Republicans painted it. Because the whole, like, consortium to, to not, um, for them to not know who was buying the artwork and shit. I understand that aspect from the White House, but just the idea that Hunter Biden is painting shit. I wish I wish these people could feel embarrassment. It doesn't just apply to right-wingers. I mean, Joe Biden is a right-winger. I wish these protesters at Katie Porter's town hall could feel embarrassment. This apparently happened over the weekend. I believe we have a local news piece on it. Orange County Congresswoman Katie Porter held an outdoor in-person town hall in Irvine today. We have got to understand that we cannot fix climate change alone. So while we are a leader and we have to lead, we also have to get that international cooperation. Well, the Congresswoman talked about how America can be more green during her policy in the park event. Dozens of people showed up to ask questions. Porter covered a variety of issues from the public, including gun control, the PPP loans for businesses, and filibusters. Well, even Trump supporters and hecklers were in the crowd, some who interrupted her. In fact, at one point, the two sides got into a bit of a scuffle. Porter later released a statement saying while she respects everyone's right to disagree, it is disappointing that a small... I tried to find video of the incident. ...who advertised a confrontation rally created... Uns- they did. I saw the ad. ...family-friendly event. ...in the story here. I tried to find the video of the actual incident, unfortunately... AOC, though, dunked on Lauren Boebert, who was at the CPAC convention. Oh, yeah, we're going to get into the CPAC coverage now. Let's hear what Boebert had to say. And we'll get AOC's response. Tell government, Ooh. we don't want your benefits. We don't want your welfare. Don't come knocking on my door with your Fauci outie. You leave us the hell alone. Look at her strutting all over that stage. She thinks she's hot shit. We're here to tell government we don't want your benefits. We don't want your welfare. Don't come knocking on my door with your Fauci outie. You leave us the hell alone. We're here she she's going to be on Fox News. There's some shit after she leaves Congress. AOC retweeted the video and said, Tell them loud and proud, girl. GOP will strip your unemployment protections and dismantle any semblance of a public safety net that we have left. Then make working people pay way more for everything on low wages while Wall Street gets a meal ticket. 
Good old conservative values, baby. Conservative values were on full display at CPAC. When they heckled one of their own candidates, Caitlyn Jenner, who apparently, that is who Sparkles believes murdered Ron and Nicole. (laughs) Caitlyn Jenner was stalked and harassed at CPAC. Only Tommy Lahren defends her. Let's we we can actually see the video of Caitlyn Jenner who is running for governor as a Republican. Excuse me, Bruce. Bruce. I don't want to picture Bruce. Bruce. Dead naming her. I just, what did you think was going to happen when you went to the gathering of shitheads? Bruce, what do you think about the stuff that they're teaching in the schools? Oh, yeah, we, like, we need to go into this when she's on here next Friday because over dinner, we went into great detail about how she thinks that Caitlyn Jenner was the, the actual one that murdered... Uh, Ron and, and Nicole, and that OJ is completely innocent, which I I find laughable. <laughs> She's very sympathetic to OJ. She loves her some OJ. I never know when she's bullshitting me, though. Hey, Bruce. Bruce, right, here we go, here we go. what do you think about the stuff that they're teaching in schools hey, regarding the LGBTQ? About Jesus Christ, Bruce. Don't forget about Jesus. She probably likes her some Jesus. Look at that sick freak. Why do people, why do people want a picture with him? I don't get that. These are concerns. Like she, she didn't deserve that. Why do we want a picture with a tranny? But, like, I I don't understand why she would expect anything different from a crowd of right-wingers. That's who they are. Like, there was a YouTuber, I believe, that she she tried to do the right-wing grift. And then she left the the right, because she's like, wow, like, very misogynistic all the time. Like, what do you expect? So, wow, they have some uh, had some real nut jobs at the CPAC. Here, Matt Schlapp, who puts it together, he went on with, uh, I think it was Jake Tapper? No, Cuomo. You are so wrong. You okay. have not won on one substantive case. Give me a substantive You never get to substance. To okay you never get to, to a substantive case because you never... Hold on, Matt. You guys never got... You guys never... You guys never, hold on a second, I'm sorry. Get out of my ear. Uh, You guys never get to the point of having any type of judge get to review it because there is never the basis for a claim. You know I'm not high enough for the CPAC shit. 
And you guys have used this to your advantage. Did but here, my Justice question is bigger Scalito's, than this. It's much bigger than this. Did you read Justice Scalito's? Did you read Justice Scalito? Alito. Excuse me, Justice Alito. I know. Scalito. Scalito. Even though he's Alito. I'll give you that. I love and they Scalia. are both Italian. I I, it's on my mind. I love him. Listen, I love him. may There's rest in peace. Italian. What and I'm saying is this. Thing. No, I hope he's rotting in hell if there is one. Okay, it's You've been show. talking a lot, it's Matt, to show. be Let honest. Me just talk but go ahead. Well, that's what being a guest is. You get to talk. But my it's only a conversation. Point is this, Two people is, talk in a conversation. You guys, go ahead. Fair enough. And I, li- and I respect the fact that you have me on. But my go ahead, point go ahead. to you is the following, which is don't act like there's not a legitimate claim when you have an election that's one we've never had before with all these mailed-in ballots, don't act like it's outrageous for Republicans and conservatives and people who like Trump to be, un- be really question this case of why didn't we vote the same way we voted in 2016, where everyone who voted by mail, you had to verify that you were a legal voter. Matt, I'm in just telling you, I hear your point. Do you've made it a city, lot of times. Here's the problem. But we should do that. Do you agree? We should do of that. Of course, you should follow the rules. What I'm saying is you are creating a boogeyman. You know and I know that Georgia... That's, that's all right-wing policy is, is creating a boogeyman. And then they later found out that they were okay. The facts aren't in your favor. What I don't get That's not is, true. why are you Chris, making not a right. case Chris, to the American Chris, people stop. that you know is based Chris, on a lie? Why are you Christoph. about the big lie and not all the other things you could argue? CPAC, the title and the theme of CPAC is America Uncanceled. Well, what are you canceling? The truth? what we're trying to do with it, these CPAC alternative? conferences is trying to, it's a nice little slight. Now, let me talk. The whole idea with CPAC is this idea that the federal government came in and said because of the pandemic and then like you can like who are they talking about when they say lock her up like i don't know aoc speaker pelosi hillary just fucking substitute ilan omar just substitute whoever the fuck they'll chant lock her up all of us get canceled you don't get canceled you know it was state by state the rest of us get canceled all the time they're authoritarian assholes these governors made their own determinations right why are you uh, making the government no, I don't a boogeyman? Think right. I think, Why are you attacking institutions? I, I thought right you guys because... were about bolstering the institution. <laughs> That's what he gets paid to do. Chris or and Andrew's the governor. Chris is the, the host. Why do I always get brothers confused? Uh, That's what he gets paid to do is to attack the government. All while sucking at the government's teat. Get as much government money as you can. This motherfucker probably like was up to his eyeballs and PPP loans and Why doing shit for the Trump administration. Government which told kids they that didn't it was tell anybody anything. School, they should have told kids. Which your, partnered with the, the, the president at the union, time from your party said, "Let the, the states union, do it. You'll get no oversight. You'll get no unions, guidance." Which made it se- which made it sound like it would be unhealthy and unsafe for kids to go to school, which actually said that it was it was it would make people sick to go to church, where the governor, Republican governor of Maryland, said it would be a It wasn't going to school and going to church, it was mass gatherings in a pandemic. Super spreader events. They still do. You just had a camp where the kids went to camp and they had a hundred and twenty five. You are advocating anti religion. But you're advocating 
for an abridgment of the First Amendment because you were scared about a virus. We have the right to make those choices. Nobody, nobody is abridging your First Amendment. Your church, have fucking online church. Have a fucking meeting room in fucking Google Hangouts or whatever. Do your fucking, I don't understand why they made such a big deal about it other than to act persecuted. Because you seriously, like, even, like, the, the whole passing around the offering plate thing. If you're worried about, like, losing out on money, like, fucking, you could do the, the virtual fucking tip jars, the, the Kofi's, the Patreons, all that bullshit. You direct PayPal, Cash App. Like, they could, the fucking, it was a opportunity for churches to actually shift the way they do business if they wanted to reach out to a whole new crowd to provide a new kind of service. So it couldn't possibly have been infringing on your First Amendment rights because your church could still meet. You could just do it in a way that's not endangering the lives of your fucking followers and parishioners and shit. God damn. It's just public gatherings, being there face to face, breathing on each other. It doesn't it state by no state. No state can abridge. No state but can abridge my first federal government. rights. It was just state the federal by state. government cannot abridge them. But why are you saying the federal government? Chris, they have nothing it to do. Doesn't matter. With. The also, this is the first time I've ever heard this motherfucker speak. I think uh, Matt Schlab is a closet homosexual. Unless, unless he's open about it, which I'm kind of assuming he's not. But, like, I, my gaydar is pretty good. That, that motherfucker is a repressed homosexual. Level of government, your constitutional Their Republican governors the made the same determination. Some- he would feel so much better if he took a dick. explain this to you one more time. Sure. You don't feel canceled because you never are. We feel canceled because we constantly are. Now, you've, you've broken the model because you've had me on CNN. People like me don't get on CNN anymore. Matt, and you're I always you welcome. People you. like me don't get on CNN, he says on CNN. It's not true. I'm not welcome at CNN, and you know that. Where are you what, at- do you, what do you have to fucking add to the conversation, you asshole? They don't ask me to be on CNN either. Jesus Christ. You gotta have something to sell the people. It's a commercial entity. It's the free market deciding your ass isn't valuable. Mash slap. Right now, brother. I'm trying to give you a compliment. You're the only one who will have me Don't on do that. periodically. <laughs> Listen, and, Matt, I gotta jump. You're always welcome to make the, the truth. case. You're always gonna make. I'm always gonna welcome you to but make. But you're the never case. canceled. Have you ever been canceled in your whole life? On social media, yes, or national media. I bet he has. I bet he has. I have people you coming after me from like. the left and the right, twenty-four-seven. It is a dog-eat-dog dog world, and true. I have milk bone underwear. He's been in the media business for how fucking long? I am sure he has come up against it. Cheers, Norm said it. Means, Look it up. You'll like you it, and you'll use it. On. I got to jump. Like what? What they complain about is cancel culture is just you know. Working for a boss in a capitalistic society. Oh, he was a lawyer too? Oh, fuck yeah. Alright, so... No speeches from any of the Trumps from the CPAC. If you wanted to watch that, you can go somewhere else. But we can... Let's watch this, uh... Let's watch the straw poll from CPAC. 
ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready to hear the results of the CPAC straw poll? Let's bring out our friends, Naomi Ito from Liberty Ecosystem, powered by Number One Solution. Our pollsters, Ryan. Mike. Liberty Ecosystem, powered by Number One Solution. Like, what the fuck? It had, like, some kind of branding. They're, they're, they're fucking organization. This better not be copyrighted music, you motherfuckers. If you want to be able to like actually cover your event. Are these guys proud boys or some shit? That's exactly what they look like. About whether that's a good or bad idea about how to secure ballots in future elections around the world. Naomi. Thank you. So in the existing uh, election system, many frauds. I want to get to an equal society. I want an equitable society so that we can all use slurs all we want to and it's no longer an issue. Who cares? But you got to strive for that equitable society first. For a solution, Liberty Ecosystem has been in progress to develop a system that is accessible online. What the fuck is Liberty Ecosystem? So we're very happy to see that 362 people have participated. I, I have no clue what's going on. Like, the two Asian people on the stage with the Proud Boys. And I don't know for sure that they're Proud Boys, but that's what they look like. to our pollsters now, Ryan and Travis from Coefficient. Fellas? We have some really interesting data. I'm sure you're all eagerly anticipating the results. Thank you so much for participating. First slide here. We asked... What are the most important issues? Ryan, why don't you give them the... I, there's some kind... This is some sort of branding exercise for a company. So they're probably involved in voting machines or some shit. Constitutional rights, as if those things were different. Libertarian synergenic buzzwords. Securing America. Second slide will come as potentially no surprise to anyone in this room. This is... Joe Biden's approval rating. It was close. Among these people. Now, I would assume it's like fucking 2%. CPAC is the craziest of the goddamn crazy. Only said they somewhat disapproved. That's right. Very gracious. We're going to work on that for our next event, folks. Uh, I want to remind everybody these next two questions. We asked it in two different ways because we don't know. What if uh, Donald Trump gets into the 2024 presidential race and what if he doesn't so we asked it two ways one without him on the ballot and then one with him on the ballot. honestly one we're gonna do is without donald trump this is the scenario where he says no i'm not gonna our elections are fucked there is way too much money and too much financial interest in them there are several things that i want done to our election and he's got a ponytail. This Asian cowboy has a ponytail. Like his hair is down to his ass. Are we ready? 70%. Okay, so it looks like 70% are for Trump, Trump in 2024. I'm surprised that's not higher. And finally, we asked an approval question of Donald Trump across the conference. There was very, very little disagreement. 
with the ninety. Well, this is this is one of the very last things of the event. This was right before Donald Trump spoke. Thank you all. So they might be milking it because Trump is, you know, meandering in the back. And thanks for doing it. Thank you to our partners from Coefficient, Ryan Muntz. And- yeah, I totally didn't pay attention to anything they said. I'm sorry if you guys wanted to hear that, but... The 30-minute Xi Jinping speech was probably way more interesting. Also, I like how like I brought up that we were going to watch that speech on Friday because Sparkles was here. I wasn't going to subject her to it. and like The chat seemed like they were into it, like they wanted to watch the 30-minute Xi Jinping speech. I'm assuming there was a lot of drugs done at the CPAC. I bet I would have a good time at the CPAC. I bet I could have a lot of gay sex at the CPAC. Online about Delegate Joe Jeffries and his explicit sexual content TikTok videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this coming to us from West Virginia. <laughs> a West Virginia state delegate apparently had some advice on TikTok. I played it one night when Cardi B was talking about how you, when you give a blowjob, you shouldn't eat... Uh, like an egg sandwich or you shouldn't eat ribs because you get grease in your mouth and then you give a blowjob and you put it in your pussy and it throws your pH balance off. I assume he was trying to be helpful, like Cardi B. (laughs) But, like, I'm not exactly sure. Let's find out what this dude had to say on TikTok. Yes, that will give you a UTI. 13 News reporter Zach Gilliland joins us at the digital desk with the latest. Zach? Mariah Delegate Joe Jeffries was stripped of his committee assignments Thursday by House Speaker Roger Hanshaw. Jeffries has not apologized for the sexual videos posted, and his silence has prompted other delegates to speak out. Governor Jim Justice issued a statement Saturday calling for Jeffries to resign, saying, quote, This is the behavior of an immature child, not a 39-year-old father and elected official. District 37 Delegate Mike Pushkin said it's serious when the leader of the Republican Party has asked for Jeffries' resignation. At some point, you have to uh, ask yourself, do you want to be an effective representative of the people uh, or or do you want to be a, a social media star? This story is making national headlines, reaching the Associated Press and Washington Post. I want to know what the video was. Saying, quote, Joe Jeffries has once again made choices that have taken attention away from working together. to. Move I'm trying to find it, guys. Later saying, it's not for me to decide if he should be removed from office. Ultimately, that comes down to voters in his district. Jeffries has not commented publicly on the explicit sexual videos. He did, however, respond to comments on his latest TikTok, saying, I am an elected official, but I'm a real person. Pushkin believes Jeffries should apologize. When you take that oath of office, it's not just about you. And, you know, that seat there and that desk in the House chamber, that doesn't belong to us. That belongs to the people. So I think the apology that is owed uh, is owed to the people of the 22nd District and the people of West Virginia. I've continued to reach out on multiple platforms to Delegate Jeffries for a comment, and he has not responded to our request. Live at the digital desk, Zach Gilliland, 13 News, working for you. I probably should hit the content warning for this next story. Top in New York. 
on leave after punching a suspect in the face. On July 4th, surveillance video shows a group of people inside the East Syracuse Walmart. DeWitt police say five to six people were fighting when 22-year-old Tajanique Bird in a white dress pulled out pepper spray from her purse and sprayed multiple people, including children. Police say the video shows 20... You got to hit the exclamation point rips. ...arguing with store employees and striking them in the face. When DeWitt police... I got to pack my bong again. ...and Corey Bike arrive on the scene, a man is seen directing them to the fight. In the police body camera footage, you can see police walking through the store aisles. Officer Spain tries to handcuff Edmonds. She argues with police. But Why they just gotta go grabbing people? Just separate them. Calm down. Bird into custody. Stop trying to put your hands on fucking people, you stupid ass cops. And the video goes black. Knocked him on her on his ass. Walmart Love it. Video shows Officer Bike and Bird struggle. She falls to the ground as he tries to handcuff her. Police say the officer placed weight on her hips and legs, not applying pressure to Look. stomach or neck. We then see cell phone video from a bystander. In it, you see Edmonds trying to bite Officer Spain's arm. He then strikes her in the face. Look at this. Look at this shit. The cops made that situation ten times worse than what it was. You're telling me Walmart doesn't have some fucking security guard that can go break it up and calm those fucking people down? The cops walking in there and acting like little dick having assholes. Cause that to escalate. Pulling out their fucking taser, grabbing people's arms and twisting them. Fuck. What the cops did. Oh, shit. What the cops did were ten times worse than what they were supposedly policing. Yeah, fuck this dude right here. Unleave my ass. He should have been fired immediately. Now, there was a human trafficking bust earlier today in Tennessee. He cold cocked her indeed. And it appears that um, a pastor was one of the people arrested in this human trafficking ring because of course he was. I believe there were also a couple of uh, local officials rounded up. In a Fox 17 News crime alert, a mid-state pastor is among 18 men arrested in a human trafficking sting. Matthew Brewer, listed online as a pastor in Centerville. He's also a chaplain and a major in the Tennessee National Guard. The arrests here follow a two-day shocking in Spring Hill, in which these men are accused of soliciting sex from underage girls. Agents say they use several decoy ads on websites linked to prostitution cases in hopes of saving sex trafficking victims. You would be among the first to know about crime alerts like this by signing up for Fox 17's daily newsletter. To get our messages, just go to fox17.com and look to the right-hand side of our homepage to sign up. 
Don't you dare go and sign up for their newsletter. You want your daily news from the Troll Patrol Live. I would say there were at least a couple of them. I mean, it's, it's fucking Middle Tennessee. Now, there were several um, uh, Hispanic-looking individuals in there. I would almost assume that they uh, were hired guns for others in a more elaborate scheme, if I had to guess, knowing the area. Now, this one... Uh, this is crazy. Apparently... A lady got taped to her seat during a flight, but she was having a mental health scare. A judge has blocked the Tennessee anti-trans bill. I actually had it on the docket for Friday, and I had a whole bunch of, like, I was asking Sparkles, you want to do this one, you want to do this, and she skipped over it. Pole dancing bear. There is no pole dancing bear tonight. What do we have? We have a we have a puppy saving another puppy, and it is very heartwarming. You're gonna love it. It's like a, a little pity. I don't even know what the other what the other puppy. A woman who allegedly had a mental health episode aboard an American Airlines flight appears to have been taped down. After freaking out in the air and the crew's drastic response is getting some side eye, I bet this is a TMZ article. So the video is captured by a TikTok user. Let's Looks like the video has been taken down. Good. I kind of didn't want to watch it. It was a few days ago during a late night American Airlines flight that she says she was taking off from at Dallas-Fort Worth Airport was in air for about two hours. During that time, a situation unfolded that caused a bit of panic. According to the TikToker, flight attendants started frantically running up and down the aisle at about uh, 1 a.m., locking bathroom doors and securing the scene for something that was happening up near the front. It says no one said anything, just hush-hush whispering. Eventually, she says the captain got on the intercom and told everyone to stay in their seats because of a problem toward the front, which he apparently said they were handling. When they eventually landed, the user uh, captured the aftermath. A woman duct taped to her seat with her mouth also taped, who was crying out as passengers passed her to deplane. As the TikTok user exited the plane, she recorded paramedics who were standing by with a stretcher. She later posted other videos saying she'd heard the woman who was trying to actually get out of the plane during the flight and seemed to be having an episode of some sort. Sources familiar with the situation confirm that latter account to us saying the woman was indeed going ballistic, but we haven't heard about her allegedly attempting to open doors or anything. In any case, people are openly wondering if American Airlines handled this the right way. Holy fuck. (laughs) What do you mean by the implication? She was actually having a breakdown of some sort. Some have questioned if restraining her in that manner might actually do more harm than good. I do. Of course, others have pointed out that in that scenario, uh, the crew has to do what they must to keep people safe. As for American, a rep before the company tells us this while in flight from Dallas-Fort Worth to Charlotte... 
On July 6th, the crew on board American Airlines Flight 1774 reported a potential security concern after a customer attempted to open uh, the forward boarding door and physically assaulted, bit, and caused injury to a flight attendant. For the safety and security of other customers and our crew, the individual was restrained until the flight landed and could be met by law enforcement and emergency personnel. Yet... Aren't there usually marshals on each flight, or are there only, like, marshals on certain flights? I, I don't know. This, this is crazy. That doesn't seem like the right thing to do. But also, like, you're talking about some underpaid flight attendants, just working class people that aren't trained to deal with that kind of a situation. What do you do? I, oof. Yep, that one's a tough one. I feel sorry for the woman that got duct taped. I feel sorry for the people that had to be put in the position to have to duct tape a woman to a seat. I got no commentary on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It said she was spitting and biting people. I get, it does look like torture if you're if you're duct taping somebody's mouth. Or on random flights with no set schedule, you know that does make sense. Yeah, you, you make an excellent point. Teachers are underpaid and not. But kid is different than a flight when they're actually like disturbing the flight. It could be a danger to the passengers and cause them to crash. I it's, it's a tough one. I believe me, I sympathize with somebody having a mental health crisis. Dustin, I like the way you put that. And safely. Priority one is to land safely. Priority two is to keep the crew safe. Yes, you're also dealing with a flight crew that has been incredibly stressed through this pandemic. Fucking sparkles would love to spit in your mouth, Creed Dally. He has asked me multiple times to to let her spit in my mouth. And I'm like, no, no, I will pass on that. I see both sides. I every everything about this is fucked up. I would assume there are other versions, other variants that we don't even know about yet. So the Lambda was first detected in August of 2020. 
And now it's just becoming a concern for us in the U.S. now. As it engulfs, what, 26 countries. I, what restraints do you have on a, I'm surprised they had duct tape. Well, no, like I don't, I don't encourage spitting and biting. I don't like pain. I don't like humiliation. That's some Pokemon shit, isn't it? I, I don't, I, this story is one that I can't give an opinion on and say, like, holy shit, like, what they did to her was torture. However, I, oof, I don't know, I don't know. Battle of Awesome, I'm glad you came. We're getting ready to talk about UFC here in just a second. Just in time. But first, activist group puts up a banner on Christ of the Ozarks. The banner reads, God bless abortions. Activist group put a banner carrying a message advocating abortion rights on the Christ of the Ozarks statue in Eureka Springs overnight on Thursday. This is in Little Rock, apparently. People with the group uh, in decline say they brought the 44-foot-long cloth banner through the woods. A spokesperson for the group told the news outlet that they used pulleys to install it across the Christ of the Ozark. The banner reads, God bless abortions. And I'm going to give that an amen. I love that, like, this story about her being duct taped has sparked a hell of a discussion. I'm into it. I just, I don't know, I don't know what else to say. I, I, yeah, I, I think the duct tape is wrong. And believe me, when I, when, once again, I read this story live. I had not read it, but I read the headline and decided to read it on on air. And I, when I was plugging the story, I even pointed out, I think this is somebody having a mental health issue, and I don't think I'm on the side of the airline here. Because that is fucked up. You make a good point that they were able to restrain her. I don't know what, I don't know what to restrain her with what else did they have it's not like they had handcuffs or anything you've got some freaky people like jason creed uh fucking do you walk into the plane and be like hey anybody got any handcuffs oh so i don't airlines have handcuffs just on hand i did not know that it that would be the more humane method, I would assume. I would think there's security. I, I don't know how airlines operate. And if there is security, clearly a, tra- a trained person like that wouldn't use duct tape, and that seems fucked up. It's a, it's a wild fucking story. Just like this story from Las Vegas. No, 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 no. From Denver. 
where four men were arrested at the Maven Hotel. Police feared a Las Vegas style shooting during the All-Star game in Denver. Let's hear the, uh, this is Denver 7's reporting on it. Now, now remember we did the we did the story where they arrested the dude in Chicago. I'm not sure that that was a mass shooting getting ready to happen. The dude was with his kids and his his now fiance. He proposed to her after he got out of jail. So I don't I don't know what's going on with that one. But the cops were patting themselves on the back, saying they stopped a mass shooting. Let's find out what happened here in Denver. Our balcony faces directly towards Coors Field. All-Star Weekend, the spotlight on Denver. First, that was terrorism. And a massive police investigation in the heart of downtown. Heavily armed, walked right out of the elevator. What police found in a high-end hotel room. It worries you because you never know who's next to you in a hotel room. And what high-placed sources are telling Contact Info 7 investigates about who revealed the possible threat. Thank you to whoever reported what they saw because they could have circumvented a catastrophe. We begin with breaking news just days before the All-Star Game. Sources are confirming to Denver 7 investigators. So I don't like I don't follow baseball. Has the All-Star Game happened already? Into a mass shooting. The suspect was staying in a hotel near Coors Field. We're told he was armed to the teeth. Chief Investigator Tony Kovaleski will join us in just a moment with the details. You will not do indeed check out Adam's song. Tonight with Denver 7's Liz Gillardi at the Maven Hotel with exclusive information of her own on how this arrest went down. Liz. Well, Jacqueline, just days ahead of that all-star game in Denver, police recovered multiple weapons inside that hotel room just a block away from Coors Field. And tonight, multiple sources are telling Denver 7 that police found in that hotel room multiple long guns. They found body armor and hundreds of rounds of ammunition. Four people are in custody and sources worry about the harm they could Four people? Especially with large crowds downtown. So this wasn't just like a witness video shows officers in SWAT. Usually incidents that are mass shootings are, are blown wolves. It's not the elevator and she just thought, what the heck is going on here? Susan Syverson is staying at the Maven Hotel with her family. On Friday night, her daughter saw heavily armed police in the lobby. They were told to stay in there. So yeah, knowing that it's a group, my guess would be Boogaloo Boys. Directly towards Coors Field. There's no building in between. You just the balcony, you can see straight across to Coors Field. Police searched two hotel rooms, including one on the eighth floor. Multiple sources connected with the investigation tell Denver 7 they intercepted multiple weapons. They believe the number of weapons, ammo, vantage point, and large crowds could have resulted in a Las Vegas-style shooting. The Maven Hotel is located at... Maybe they were planning on shooting, like, people on the sidewalk that are outside of the stadium on their way in or something. circumvented a catastrophe. On Saturday, we saw heavy police... Yeah, some kind of right-wing militia nut jobs. ...stopped by and investigators wheeled out evidence. But I, as we saw with the, that, the rise of the Moors, like... These crazy groups are getting, uh... More and more prevalent. Tonight, including additional details about these suspects. Three men, one woman arrested uh, yesterday. And we're working to find out how um, or if they are connected. In- a woman being involved is not usual. 
searched, evidence was recovered, including those long guns, and two cars were impounded. Reporting live tonight, I'm Liz Gillardi. All right, thank you so much, Liz. And police have arrested, as she said, three men, one woman, on weapons and drug charges. You can see those here. Now, based on these charges, all the men appear to be previous offenders. 42-year-old Richard Platt, 44-year-old Gabrielle Rodriguez, 44-year-old Ricardo Rodriguez, and 43-year-old Kanulahua Sirikawa. Chief investigative reporter Tony Kovaleski is joining us. She now. did a fantastic job pronouncing all their names and then fucked up her, her co-worker's name. Well, Jacqueline, our sources telling us tonight all the credit going to an observant, vigilant, maid inside the maven hotel she entered the room yesterday she observed the 16 long guns a lot of body armor and what turned out to be more than a thousand rounds of ammunition yes i've, I've been wanting to talk about the story like uh QAnon's plans to run for school boards to get a search warrant they entered the room and as i pointed out like the 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 school board over the the critical race theory and the and the mass at the at the city halls, those are just proxies for what happened on January the 6th. A couple eyewitnesses asking them specifically what they saw and what they would say. Same with the Katie Porter rally that we talked about earlier. It looks like National Guard um, members like ran through the lobby, went down into the garage, we presume, um, and then like brought out white male. So is the All-Star game having like... We got back probably three hours. Fans later. with no restrictions. Oh my God, that's going to be another super spreader event. Whole group of policemen out front, crime scene unit. Um, we try to get some details from the hotel manager out front. Um, Do you have any suggestions for a pejorative? At that point, our source. I'm always open to new pejoratives. Saw the guns, provided the information that allowed police to maybe prevent something significant from happening. What do you say to that? You're you're exactly right. The lost cause fairy tale plays into this. When we when I read the article last night, so I think she's responsible for preventing a lot of a lot of lives. Maybe not necessarily this particular incident. Talk to say yes, they were concerned this potentially could have been like what wobble. I it tickles my taint. Had a balcony. That balcony overlooked the main entrance to Coors Field. So a significant development here also on the issue of motive. Our sources telling us that police are looking at a Facebook post from the individual they arrested in that room. That post apparently said he was good job, Dustin, and wanted to go out in a big way. That's what we know now. We will continue going door to door, spreading shit around part of next week. More details on the Denver Channel dot com. I this is blowing my mind. What a wild story. Now these guys seem from what we what we know about this story, they actually were planning some shit. The one in Chicago, I'm not sure that dude was planning some shit. I, so the guidance right now, if you're outdoors and shit, very low risk of transmission, but I mean, now we're, now we're dealing with the Delta and the Delta plus variants, which are highly transmissible. And if you're 
in close proximity to another person. I, uh, you should definitely be wearing a mask, but masks have been become politicized. Just like apparently UFC has become politicized now. Trump made an appearance at the UFC fight over the weekend. There's the entourage. I believe the fight was in Vegas. But this is one of the craziest things to me is the right-wingers are always going nuts about how sports should stay out of politics. But they made a big deal about Trump being at the UFC fights. And then the Blaze made a big deal about how ESPN didn't cover it. For nearly a decade, ESPN has waged a cold war with traditional sports fans at the behest of its China-obsessed parent company. Remember, we're reading from the blaze here. Disney and Silicon Valley social media apps, the worldwide leader in sports, has done everything in its power to infuse patriotic sports fans with anti-American sentiment and bitterness. ESPN disapproves of Main Street working-class America and it absolutely despises Trump supporters. That's what makes the network's shotgun marriage to Dana White's UFC so fascinating. That's why UFC 264, Conor McGregor versus Dustin Portier felt a bit like the Trump missile crisis Saturday night, moments before McGregor and Portier uh, entered the octagon. Dana White rolled and readied a ballistic nuclear missile ringside Donald J. Trump. Frustrated by President Joe Biden's landslide at Bay of Pigs election, White personally escorted the former president to his seat. The capacity crowd went wild, chanting USA, USA. ESPN ignored the whole thing. That's why the Blaze had to have a whole copium article about how, ooh, ESPN didn't pay attention to the loser of the last election. This is wild. Trump's appearance was news. White's very po- Trump's appearance was news. Trump's just being at fucking UFC was news. I hope he caught COVID. He was vaccinated in January. We know there's breakthrough cases. Hey, Trumper, keep going out in public. Keep having your rallies. But now it's not like ESPN is shy about covering losers, though. Because they certainly covered the loser of the fight. Conor McGregor had this to say. One of the kicks that he checked is what broke your leg. There was no check. There was not one of them I checked. Your wife is in me DMs. Hey, baby. Hit me back on my chat later on. We'll be at the party to win my club, baby. You're looking big, you little hoe. Fuck him. Conor. Motherfucker. Laying there with a broke fucking leg or a broke goddamn ankle. Hold on. Let me find the picture for you. It's wild. Laying there with a broke fucking ankle still talking shit. I wish you people could feel embarrassment. 
Please feel embarrassment. Honor <laughs> McGregor should feel embarrassment. Donald Trump should feel embarrassment. Neither one of them should show their fucking faces. There's his fucking ankle bent all the way goddamn back. You might be right. He might have already had a booster shot. Yes, Conor McGregor is a chud. That's why I believe this this uh, outcome was very satisfying to a lot of people. Well, look at this goddamn broken ankle. Oh, by content warning. That might be disgusting. Speaking of things that are satisfying, remember the 2017 Unite the Right rally? It was about the city wanting to take down the statue of Robert E. Lee. Well, the city finally took down the statue of Robert E. Lee, who I will... I will never not take the opportunity to remind everyone did not want Confederate monuments was asked was asked about Confederate monuments and said they shouldn't be a thing something to the effect of continuing the strife from which the South has suffered something to that I don't know what the E stands for I, and I am satisfied whether you make a joke or whether you enlighten us and tell us what it actually stands for. Is it really Edward? That was uneventful. Oh, somebody makes a joke. Not only is that statue gone, I believe they removed one of uh, Sacagawea and Lewis and Clark. Because while they were at it, they were like, we got the crane here, let's do it. Also, over the weekend, Richard Branson apparently said goodbye to the Earth for just a couple of minutes. Uh, I was once a child with a dream. Looking this up- rich asshole... Now, Didn't actually go into space. Went to like the last edge of the earth. To the next generation of dreamers, if we can do this, just imagine what you can do. Hey. Oh, and we've got Bezos this weekend, don't we? Doing his stupid ass flight. We, we are planning a, a full press conference tomorrow morning. Uh, where we'll visit with you more than we'll take three on the filibuster in the U.S. Senate on different issues. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The Democrats in Texas. We'll, we'll cover this for a second. A ballot. And we are, going to, we are going to communicate that to senators on Capitol Hill and, and, and to, to the... They are shutting down business at the state house in Texas. The Democrats are leaving the state so that the Republicans cannot obtain a quorum to be able to vote on their election restriction laws. 
the trans bathroom bill that they've got going through. Nothing, nothing could be further from the truth. We are, we are doing our jobs. We were elected to represent our constituents and fight for our constituents' interests, and that is why we are here. Because we're not going to sit in, the Austin, in, in Austin, in the House chamber, and watch the Republican majority steamroll the voting rights of our constituents. Now, I believe this is a special session called by the governor because the Democrats were actually able to block the bills at the last moment during the actual session of... The well, state house, but I'm not, I'm not exactly familiar with the story. Facebook just happened to autoplay this, and I'm like, oh, you know what? I left that off the docket. That's a pretty big story that's going on. So let's listen to the. This is live right now in Austin. We've got about three weeks uh, until this session is over. That the clock is ticking. They got to act before the August recess. Last question. La- last question. So basically, they're saying they're staying out of Texas for three weeks. I think the I think the pre, I'm glad the president is is delivering the speech tomorrow. I'm looking forward to, to listening to it, and uh, what I hope the president is going to say is that he expects the Congress to do what it takes to pass federal voting rights legislation before the People Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, which is critically important for us in Texas. Interesting. So for the president's words tomorrow, we'll visit with y'all more more tomorrow. Thank, Thank you very much. Thank you. Putting pressure on Biden and the federal government to step in. Because the For the People Act would nullify a lot of the things that Republicans are doing on the state level. Oh, I'm aware, RV. I'm aware. All right, let's go ahead and bring this one on home. You know, I love ending on a palate cleanser of a puppy video. Poor little baby fell in the pool. The dodo video. Looks like a little chihuahua, maybe? Um, I believe this is a pity comes over. These are our, our family dogs. They know each other. So the pity is trying to rescue the little one that is trapped in the pool. It sucks so like oh poor little puppy. Hey, Chunky is the little one that's in the pool. And what did it say Jesse was the the pity? This happened in South Africa. Chucky, not chunky. I called him chunky. He is chunky. Oh, he's thirteen years old. He's just he's right there next to the steps. He, he, when he fell in, he fell in where the steps were. Poor little baby. I wish he'd noticed the steps. Yeah, Jesse repeatedly tries to, like, 
Grip him gently by his ear and pull him up. Kitties are awesome, by the way. They've got a bad rap, but... As with any breed, I mean... How they're raised and trained. Kitties are so sweet and loving. Finally able to get him up. Is that real? I did not know that. Chucky was in the water for just over 34 minutes. God, you can see he's like completely shriveled up. They are both okay. Yeah, that's a pity. Oh, that's one of the, that's like a, uh, what is it, Shih Tzu? That wasn't a, I thought it was a Chihuahua. Or Staffy. I don't, I don't know my dog breeds real well. They are both adorable though. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. Oh, they oh they did like a whole award ceremony and presented Jesse with a plaque for being a hero. Oh, Pomeranian, Pomeranian, that's it. I was try I was trying to think of that name. I had a friend that had Pomeranians. Yeah, that's what that little turd was. Oh, he's so cute. Alright guys, if you are watching on Twitch, I'm going to send you over to Riverboat Jack. Because I uh, got a crush on her and I haven't raided her in a while. Go ahead, light one up, dip one back. It's alright to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freakin. We will see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol, live.